Jeff Fuller back with you. Jay Fuller interviews. Jay Fuller interviews on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks so much for making the time to uh, tune in, subscribe, listen, and share people's stories. Also, the Backfire Podcast with Jeff Fuller of Jay Fuller interviews on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you can uh, find podcasts. There we are as well. And I believe people's stories make our stories much better if we will just make the time, take the time to listen, unlearn what we thought was right, to relearn what is right. One with a great story is Mr. Jeff Heggie. Jeff, welcome in. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. Yeah, definitely. So um, I believe it was Chip Baker uh, who has come out with a book about stories of several different people of which uh, he was promoting, and he mentioned your name. So I'm just going to open-ended question. Why do you think Chip mentioned you as a great person to interview, but with a story to tell? Oh, you know what? Um, Chip and I have a common friend in Tammy Matheny, and she had interviewed introduced me to Chip, and I had an opportunity to have him on my podcast and we've gone back and forth a bunch and we've just really clicked really well. Chip's an awesome guy. And I was actually, I'm in Arizona. He's in Houston area. Um, I was actually up at a, my son-in-law's football game a couple weeks ago. And I was in Utah heading south and I saw that he was landing in Salt Lake for a book tour. And we made change of plans and i ran up there and had an opportunity to spend some time with chip but no he's just a great guy and you know he's doing some great things so talk to me a little bit i saw tammy Matheny online she was presenting something to do with uh, the university of north carolina chapel hill of which i grew up a huge fan i had the privilege of interviewing tammy who's excellent but then she introduced me to all of these other guests and people she seems to be a remarkable person what was your first interaction with tammy so she's an amazing connector. You know, I I do a lot of work um, on mindset with both entrepreneurs and with athletes. And someone told me, you need to meet this lady. And they introduced me to Tammy. And we had a great interview. Um, we've done a lot of things together. I was actually on a virtual book tour with her and Chip and some other people. And we've had an opportunity to do a lot of things. But when we, after some of our first conversations, she asked me, would you be interested in uh, networking with, with some other people? And, you know, I've had people do that before and, you know, get a couple of really great people. And she opened some floodgates and she has introduced me to some of the most amazing people and continues to do so. She introduced me to someone yesterday that's just amazing. And yeah, that, you know, when you're looking to bring value to people, she definitely knows how to do it because she can make incredible connections and really is looking out for other people. Yeah. It was just interesting to me that uh, just by way of social media, I got to know Catherine Gordon. And so I reached out and said, Hey, Catherine, I know, you know, Tammy, would you be interested in joining me for an interview of which she said, yes. Then as I was doing some research, I was like, Whoa, this is Catherine Gordon married to John Gordon, (laughs) the author of relationship grit. I'm like, this is a phenomenal book that as a full-time pastor, I was like, wow, this book is amazing. And then it was just so interesting how I believe when there's respect, relationships can develop. And then when you build in trust, then there's a true friendship that takes place. When you uh, lead others and engage in conversation, talk to me about beginning with respect. Does that come naturally for you? 
You know, I think just like you say, I think that's such a integral part of a relationship because, you know, without that there, there's also not going to be the trust. There's not going to be the willingness to reach out and do things for the other person if that respect isn't there. And so, you know, for the most part, I, I believe, or I hope that that does come fairly natural for me. Um, because unless there's a reason not to be given it, I think it's something that we should be, should be doing. So let's go to some uh, easy answers right now, or hopefully. Uh, so I'm in Vermont. <laughs> we had a frost warning last night. I woke up to 36 degrees, and last week it actually hit 90. So Vermont is kind of crazy. What's the temperature like where you are in Arizona? Well, the, we need a conversion. I'm Canadian. So it's 28 degrees Celsius right now. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Fair enough. I, I can do that quick. It is. See, I should we're, know. We're I, looking at 82. See, I should know. I went to college in New Brunswick, Canada in the Maritime. Oh, really? And so, okay. yeah. So what led you to Arizona? Uh, 82 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> I. We actually, I, I had a company that I founded in 2005 up in Canada. I born and raised in Canada. Um, had a company in 2005 that I founded up there, expanded it into Utah, and we were doing business all over Canada and the United States. And I had developed a team that was really running it efficiently, and I was looking at opportunities for expansion, and this was an area that we we had um, bought a vacation home down here when everything crashed in 08, and we loved it. And so it was an opportunity to let's go down there, see if we like it, and you know, we got down here almost five years ago and we've absolutely loved it. Well, hey, so Jeff Heggy on Instagram, it's at Jeff Heggy coaching, uh, Jeff Heggy.com. Uh, talk to me a little bit. You mentioned Canada, but how did you grow up as far as a family structure? Did you have siblings? Do you have siblings? I do. Yeah. So I grew up on a, on a farm just outside a small community in Southern Alberta. Um, my dad, raised uh, cattle he's a farmer and stuff but his profession was a school teacher and my mom was a dental assistant um grew up with two other brothers um my older brother he's now uh, an assistant superintendent he got into the teaching my younger brother's a dentist um all all three of us uh have been involved coaching basketball all our lives and a lot of it has been against each other as well so that's been a lot of fun um, my older brother and I, we both rodeoed professionally. He still, he still does. Um, I haven't done that for a while, but yeah, so it, it's, it was an, it was a cool dynamic with the small family and, you know, really a lot of support. You know, I, I look at it now, look at my own kids as they get involved in all the different things. And I wonder how my parents did it because whether it was 7 a.m. hockey or in a boxing match that afternoon or in a basketball game they, they never missed anything <laughs> so jeff uh excuse my ignorance or i guess i should say educate my ignorance uh going to a college in canada for myself uh so you obviously i was able to play basketball i automatically think of steve nash there's other canadians that play in the nba of course but you mentioned rodeo. I always think of basketball players being tall. Are you like six seven in trying to ride a bucking <laughs> bronco, or how did those two come together? You know, I um, really growing up, it was always 
trying to be like my older brother and doing the things he did following his footsteps and i think that's really what got me into um basketball it's got got me playing football all those things growing up it was always trying to follow in his footsteps and no i'm not six seven i'm i'm like six two if i have my shoes on um and you know what when i was when he started i think it was when he was in college he actually started to rodeo and he was in he was riding bareback horses and stuff like that and eventually he got into the timed events and that's when i got interested in it and i was still in high school and i started uh roping calves and then he was a steer wrestler and he taught me how to steer wrestle and stuff and so that's kind of the road i took and started steer wrestling and had the opportunity actually to travel with him quite a bit and so it was a lot of fun so Jeff Heggy coaching is uh, where you can find more information on Instagram and Jeff. Um, when I think about uh, growing up, I was adopted, grew up here in Vermont. Uh, I say I'm a sophisticated redneck more than, you know, a uh, Korean here in a non-diverse state. When you think about the importance of coaching so often, I think about sports, but just life in general, how important is the idea of coaching or having a mentor and so many questions in this one question, so I apologize. But where did you learn the value of learning about yourself and uh, to being coached? You know, I, I think where I first learned it, I would take it all the way back to my coaches as I grew up. Because, you know, as you say, you think about sports and whatever. There's such a tie over between the two. You know, sports and athletics is such a reflection on life in general and entrepreneurship all of those things and i mean just as an example with i have a mastermind group that we have a weekly call and before the pandemic one of the things i would do is i would host it from our film room at the school because as soon as it was over i had basketball practice yeah. and my assistant was part of the mastermind group and he would come out and he'd say you know what you've got to teach the girls that's coaching girls basketball. You've got to teach these girls that stuff you're just talking about on there. And it was, you know, I'm on a mastermind group with all these entrepreneurs, but it's the exact same thing with the athletes that there's so many life things that reflect on each other. And, you know, as coaches and mentors, I, I just think, you know, Tony Robbins is the one that I heard it from is everybody needs a coach or a mentor yeah, yeah. that isn't their, family or best friend that's tell them what they want to hear because you know there's so many things that you can see from another perspective when you've got a coach or a mentor that can help you to speed up the way you know it's really at just another perspective um a lot of it i mean a lot of the people i coach the biggest thing they want is accountability yeah and whether that's an athlete or an entrepreneur it's all the same thing so i think there's so much value in coaches and mentors well, I love what you just said about accountability. And uh, too often we have friends that say, oh, I struggle with that too. Or you miss leg day, then I'm going to miss leg day as well. <laughs> Why do you think people balk at being held accountable? It's hard. Um, you know, well, using using your example, what you were just saying, you know, I, I've worked out my entire life. I've studied it myself. I, I coach athletes. And so I have their workout programs and stuff. Well, I have a fitness coach because he holds me accountable to what I'm eating, my macros, all those things, what my workouts were. In fact, just two weeks ago, 
he was looking at everything. He asked me how your workouts are going. I said, yeah, they're going good. I'm having good workouts. And he says, we need to make some changes. And these last two weeks have been so much harder than what they were when I was just doing it myself. And, you know, it's, it's having someone to push you harder than what you'd do otherwise. You know, one of the things on one of my podcasts, what I do every Monday is we, we talk a lot about goals and whatnot. And every Monday I say, okay, we've, we've figured out our goals. We've reverse engineered them to figure out what we've got to do on a monthly basis, weekly basis. What are you going to do this week so that on Friday you can say it's been a successful week and that you're closer to your bigger goals. And I ask people to send me a DM or email me or comment if it's they're following it on social media, because just the fact that you're telling someone what you're going to do throughout that week and being held accountable always brings more results by the end of the week. So let's press into that a little bit. And I just think that uh, as I get older and I'm 46 and the expression, you can't take a um, teach a old dog new tricks. There is some truth in that, but I think that's more because we get stuck in our ways or we think we've earned the right or deserve that day off or to eat little Debbie snacks. Why do people get so stuck in? Well, I've heard that if you change the way you think, then you can change how you live. What truth is there in that? Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things I work with my uh, clients a lot is the self-talk and exactly what you're saying is the, the way that you think. One of the things that, you know, let's let's just use the story as an example. When we moved here to Arizona, on the way down, uh, my daughter blew the engine in her car. And so when we got here, I had to buy her a new car. I found this little uh, Mitsubishi Spider convertible. Um, really cool car. Never had seen it before. Well, when we bought that, all of a sudden I started seeing that car everywhere. And it wasn't the fact that it hadn't been there. It had always been around. I just mm -hmm. never noticed it. And so that's when we talk about the reticular activating system, which is a filter in our brains that there's so many things going on around us that we can only pay attention to certain things. And it's a filter that tells us what's important and that's what we need to pay attention to. And so we can use the way we think to really help us achieve goals and anything we want. One of the things I have is what I call my mindset questions. And it's a set of questions that I do it personally and I have my clients do it. <clears throat> they go through these questions every day because as you go through those things and part of it's writing out your goals every day, your RAS, your reticular activating system knows that these things are important to you. So when things happen around you that might be answers to help you achieve those things, you're going to pay attention to it. So if we change the way we're thinking about things, if we change what we're focusing on, it's going to help us recognize the opportunities to achieve the goals that we're after. All right. I agree. And I like that. But let's get real practical. My son is 19. My daughter's 17. Love him. And I feel like I have so much wisdom to impart. But for whatever reason, somebody else can say the exact same thing that I'm saying. <laughs> and they listen to them, but not to me. As a dad, how do you get through to your own family? That That, that is a tough question. You know, and, it, and it's funny because... You know, I have got one of my podcasts is called Daily Success Strategies. And you, I, I don't think my kids listen to it. But every once in a while, 
you know, someone will say something at the kitchen table or something that, you know, maybe it was some wisdom or something. And my son always does it, Dax, and he'll be like, Dax and Hagee, daily success strategies. And so, you know, the influence that they recognize the things that you're talking about is there. And when it's coming directly from you, it's, it's a lot harder. I mean, it's, you know, since uh, fourth grade, I coached my oldest daughter in basketball most of those years until she graduated. And as a coach, that's hard too. You know, I can say something to her and she wouldn't do it, but then she goes to her club team and that coach says the exact same thing. And man, he's, he's so brilliant. Why didn't you ever think of that dad? <laughs> and so I, I think a lot of it just comes down to, you know, the example you are, you know, you've, you've got to share with them the wisdom that you can, but it's also how you live and the things that you do. And I think that's really how you're going to influence them the most is by how you live and who you are. And again, Jeff Heggie, make some time. You can listen to us on the Backfire podcast with Jeff Fuller of Jay Fuller interviews on uh, Apple iTunes or Google Podcasts. Also, we're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as Jay Fuller interviews. But Jeff, when we think about um, learning and teaching, uh, I heard the expression, the best, te- uh, best leaders are so busy learning, they don't realize the impact they're making. For you, where is your insatiable appetite for knowledge? Is there a certain podcast that you listen to, somebody that you follow? Are you an avid reader? Where does that hunger come from? Well, it, I mean, if you're watching this on, on the video, you can see behind me, I've got a huge library. I am an avid reader. Um, I'm, I read daily. I love reading and learning from that. But I also... Um, I travel a lot, so the audiobooks are important to me, um, and podcasts as well. I'm consistently listening to podcasts. Everyone from uh, Dean Graziosi, Tony Robbins, Lewis Howes, Brendan Bouchard, uh, Richie Norton. You know, there's a lot of those that I just think can. One of the things that I think is important to us, and it was actually one of my clients was talking to me about this this week, is when she started to focus more on her personal development and making herself better and improving her own life, her business took off. And there's such a correlation between, especially as leaders, the more we can focus on what we can do to improve ourselves, the better our teams are going to be, our businesses are going to be all those things because one, we have more knowledge that we can share with our teams, but it's just kind of a domino effect as we improve ourselves, we improve all that around us as well. So I believe it was Sean Lovejoy. I was at a conference and he said that uh, he has never had an original thought. And it just made me smile because I feel the same way. However, I like to take somebody's original thought and learn how to apply it to my own life. Do you think people can get stuck because they think they need to have that personal epiphany versus that of simply learning from someone else? I, I agree with that. And that's hard because especially because I'm I've got three of my own podcasts. I'm on a lot of podcasts, those things. And a lot of times I'll share something. And then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, where did I hear that? That like I've got to give someone credit for that. And you know, especially when you're into personal development. Yeah, you're you're reading all these things, you're listening to all these things, and all these thoughts and all this knowledge is attributed to someone else, but it also you've got your own spin on it. You know, everything I read, I don't believe 100% or agree with 100%, but there might be pieces of it that I 
change a little bit so that they are more directed to me. And I try to give credit where credit's due when I can remember where I heard it. But I do think that people often think, well, no, that wasn't my thought. I, you know, I mean, for example, in my, um, I've got a free um, course on my website called the Momentum Series. And one of the things in it is figuring out your why behind all your goals. And I used to really think I knew how to do that. And then I learned a new process that I called seven levels deep that really helps you do that. Well, it wasn't my own. I didn't create that. It was Dean Graziosi that taught it to me. But when he taught it to me, and I can't remember who it was, but he learned it from someone else. And so I think it's the sharing of that knowledge is what makes everything better is because we don't have to have everything our own thoughts. No, I like that a lot. And uh, Jeff Heggie, jeffheggie.com is where you can find more information. Also, the podcast that you uh, talked about. For me, last year during the pandemic, uh, just being a social extrovert, I guess, I really missed meeting people. And my friend said, you're already streaming your church services online. Just use that form to uh, have guests and uh, do the interviews, which um, has just been remarkable for me. However, uh, at times, it's hard to be consistent and to follow through with interviews. You have three. How do you stay on top of not just the podcast, but everything else that you're doing? You know what? The the podcasts have been crazy to be able to stay committed to, but so worth it because of exactly what you're saying, being able to meet people and whether they're the people that I have on the shows or people that reach out to me because it's something they heard on it and they appreciate. So the Jeff and Heidi show, that's been a cool podcast because we interview entrepreneurs. And so I've really got to meet some incredible people and be able to share their stories. Now, my daily success strategies, that wasn't intended as a podcast. That was a client that wanted a little shot of motivation every day. And so I was Mm -hmm. sending them a quick voice memo every morning. And then I turned into a quick video I thought, well, if I'm doing this, I might as well throw these videos on YouTube. And pretty soon it was, well, I might as well make it a podcast. And so that ended up, I think today was about episode 290. And so I do it five days a week. And it's been really cool because not only is that adding value to other people, they're only five to 10 minutes long in most cases, but it keeps me on my toes. I've got to be staying up on keeping my knowledge growing so I can share valuable information. And then the Jeff Hagee show, it's just another podcast network reached out and asked if I would do a weekly show. And so that's that's been a fun one. I Yesterday was actually just episode three, but it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's great. Congratulations. 290. That's uh, that's a lot. That proves that. Um, what is it? Taking a small step forward every day is uh, success. But um, Jeff, when I think about um being an entrepreneur, sometimes I fall into that thought that if you're wealthy, that makes you more of an entrepreneur uh, than if you are not. Uh, Correct where I'm wrong on that. Yeah, I wish it was that easy. (laughs) Um, Because I would say probably more than not. and, And I guess it depends where you're defining wealth as well. Because I think one of the biggest things of entrepreneurship you know, I left the banking industry in 2005 and really even started my entrepreneurial journey before then because I was buying real estate and mini storage facilities and stuff like that. But where I think for me, the most wealth in entrepreneurship comes with is what it allows me to do. Um, am I working 
less hours? Absolutely not, especially with three podcasts. Um, but it allows me to structure my life and my time how I want it. Um, you know, being a part of my children's life's always been important to me. Being able to coach my daughter. And, you know, when we moved to Arizona, I kind of thought, well, that, that's probably the end of my basketball coaching career. Hmm. Well, it was the first meeting with the athletic director at her school that he says, and I understand you're a basketball coach. <laughs> and, and so that continued that on. And it, it's being an entrepreneur has allowed me to do things like that. It allowed me to coach basketball. It allowed me to, you know, take off, you know, when the pandemic hit, I was in the middle of a trip with my son going around on a recruiting trip, visiting schools for football. Hmm. And, you know, with a nine to five job, those aren't things you can do. Right. And so there, there's a lot of things with entrepreneurship that when you look at the wealth that can bring, it's more than just the financial aspect of it, too. So something that uh, I've gained a deeper respect for is with everyone, I think we all come from broken places and it's a story of resilience. Where have you had to be more resilient than you thought you would have been when you were, you know, in high school playing sports for fun? Um, you know, I, I remember starting my manufacturing company in 2005 and in my mind, you know, in three years, I was going to be retired richer than anyone in the nation. Um, being in a company that was in, involved in the home building industry, we've had to pivot so many times. And this is a company that, you know, I've dedicated 16 years of my life to it. I've dedicated pretty much every cent I have to it, those sort of things. And there's a number of times that it was like, how, how are we going to make payroll? How are we going to get to the next step? And we always were able to come through and figure it out. And a lot of that was through resiliency. But then there is also the times, you know, when, you know, right now with the major focus of that company in Canada and the restrictions that COVID put on us, after 16 years, we ended up shutting it down. And so, you know, there's a lot of times throughout that that took a lot of resiliency to keep it going, but it came down to a business decision that it wasn't something that we were able to do. And I think, you know, that, that was probably my, my biggest example of how I've had to deal with that in different areas. And the expression, I think it goes similar to uh, desperation breeds innovation. And that's just something that I am so grateful for technology just with uh, COVID-19, but some of the other things that have taken place, how have you been able to look back and see that that desperation did lead not just to innovation, but lead to better things in your life and for your family? You know what, through, throughout the whole time with that company, um, as we were building it, I had a lot of opportunities to be a mentor and a coach to people, whether it was in business, in in life in general. And of course, coaching basketball teams, you also have the opportunity just to be a life coach. But I loved mentoring. Uh, one of my my mentors and one of my business partners used to hold a business conference in Hawaii every year. And so we'd spend a lot of time over there and he arranged it. So we would actually go over there also and work with the university, um, Brigham Young University, where we would help the kids mentor them with their business plans. 
and then we'd be part of the business plan competition judging. And so the, the mentoring and that part was always something that I loved. And, you know, with the, with the business, I'd be sitting in a meeting with one of my other partners, Dave, and, you know, whether it was something that we messed up on or something we did good, I'd always say, you know, this one needs to go in the book, the book we're going to write on how to run businesses, you know, how we're going to coach people and whatnot. And I always wanted to be able to coach. And so about three years ago, he actually called me and he says, I want you to meet somebody. And he introduced me to somebody that had a similar background to me with the manufacturing and whatnot. And now is a very successful business coach. Hmm. And I sat down with him and he says, you want to do this. You've got credentials. You've got the experience. Why aren't you doing it? And he's kind of the one that kind of cleared out some of those limiting beliefs that I had and the yeah. imposter syndrome that I had and kind of pushed me forward to do it. Well, as we got into the pandemic, it gave me an opportunity to really sit back and say, okay, this is, this is what I want to do. How am I going to do it? And, you know, I love, I love the one-on-one -on -one coaching. I love working with people like that, but being able to reach more people is also something I wanted to do. And, you know, you look at what's happened over the last year, year and a half with things like zoom and this platform and stuff, right, right. you can connect so much better. And so I started creating courses. I created mastermind groups. Um, it's just so much easier to network. I mean, I I've always loved networking with people and getting to know people and that's yeah. continued. But the difference, the difference now is, you know, they're not all in the same city as me. They're not all in the right. same state as me, you know, you and I, you know, right. we, we may not have <laughs> met each other. Otherwise, you know, it's been really cool to be able to, you know, I've been on, I I've got a, a group coaching that I do with, that I'm doing with a group out of Pakistan. And, you know, this, the technology has really created some opportunities for doing that stuff. Yeah, it's great. And if you keep your mind open, I think there's always uh, opportunities brought your way. Um, you keep, you mentioned basketball. I love basketball. You probably don't know this, but coaching, playing, I just, I still love it. Um, coached uh, my daughter, uh, JV, actually assistant to the JV team. But anyway, long story short, my point is I always played at small schools. I went to a Christian school, went to a Bible college, and I was able to make the team. So that's a positive. But we did not win much. We did not win hardly at all. So when I was playing the other night, uh, just old man pickup, there's a player that's <laughs> extremely good, but his team actually, which I was on, we were getting blown out and he just kind of <laughs> dropped his head and he kind of gave up. And I'm like, I think I learned from getting beat when I was younger just to compete. And Larry Johnson on one of his basketball videos said, you have skills, I have skills. Let's go out and match them and see what happens. Why do you think people almost give up instead of com competing when the scoreboard might say it's against them, but there's still so much to learn? Yeah, you know what? It's It comes down to a lot of leadership, I believe, as well, and how selfishness fits in there. Yeah. Because, you know, are you in it for yourself? Are you in it for the team? And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I do a lot with mindset. And one of the things that I wish I would have had more experience when when I first started coaching was understanding the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. You know, with a growth mindset, 
you're looking at the process. You're looking at what you gain throughout the process, whether it's a win or a loss. What do you gain mm -hmm. that makes you better? Where a fixed mindset is fo so focused on results, right? And, you know, with a fixed mindset, it also comes a failure means I'm a failure. With, yeah. with a growth mindset, a failure is an opportunity to learn, right? You don't want to fail, but it's still an opportunity to learn. And I think that as, as we can teach people, and especially young athletes, how to deal with things with a growth mindset instead, you know, I think it, it's, it's contagious and it'll make you a better leader. And, you know, cause it, you do see that, you know, especially, you know, you go to these AAU tournaments and you see someone have a bad play and, you know, they're mad and they're, you, the body language is so yeah. strong and, you know, that's when you look at what Tammy teaches with win, what's important yeah. now and, you know, what can you control and, I don't know. I think, you know, it was really, it was a neat experience watching that when we moved to Arizona because basketball was my daughter's life. And I came down ahead of time. We knew the school that we wanted the kids to go to, but I came here and we came from a town of 3,500 people. And I came down and when I went home, I said, yeah, the school looks great. It's awesome. But Tia, you're not going to go there. Their girls program stinks. <laughs> and so we actually... We, we got her in a different school and it was a school of 3,500 kids. Wow. You know, the, the school was as big as the town we came from. Yeah. And yeah. when we, the summer we moved down here, she had been playing for the Alberta team. We were out at nationals. She got done. She had to head down before us because school was starting. As I was driving the U-Haul down, she called and she says, you know what, dad, basketball is important to me, but I need to enjoy my high school life. I went to a party this weekend and it was with all the kids that go to the same school as my siblings. And I want to go there. Well, and, and then, you know, long story short, I ended up being the basketball coach, all those different yeah. things. And the program has come a long way, but it gave her the opportunity to play on a team. She went from playing on the Alberta team where they're all elite players to playing on a team where, you know, she'd make a incredible thread the needle pass and it would bounce off their forehead. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it, in a lot of ways, it humbled her and it helped her to look at things from another perspective. And I think it made her a better leader by doing that. I'd agree with that. Again, Jeff Heggy, making some time, jeffheggy.com. You can follow on Instagram, uh, Jeff Heggy coaching. And, uh, I think the importance of knowing different roles, my son in high school, again, this is Vermont and it's small town. And I understand that, but when he played basketball, he was okay. He was good. He started, he could, you know, hold his own. He was a good role player, but when he played soccer, he was almost nervous to go into the game because he didn't want to mess up, especially his freshman year. And so he said "Dad, I think it helps me when I play basketball to have more patience with the kids that come off the bench. Can you just talk about the importance of playing in positions or being in positions where your role is different, where you don't always have to lead? Is that refreshing for you when you don't always have to be the spokesperson? Or what What are the, uh, the points that you could talk to on that? I think the importance there is, even in something like that, you're in a leadership role because you're showing everyone else that, you know what, I don't have to be 
the captain. I don't have to be the best one out there. I can be a leader by showing how to follow or accept my position. And I, yeah, I think that's vitally important. I think there's a lot to be learned from there because they can look at him and say, man, he, he's the star on the basketball team. And, you know, he's humble enough to look at himself on the, yeah. on the soccer team and say, I've got stuff to learn. I can learn from you guys. Well, he wasn't the star on the basketball team, but neither well, was I. Let's say he was. Let's say he was. <laughs> I certainly I certainly understand what you're uh, speaking to. And a couple questions, then we'll get you out. Thanks again, Jeff, for making the time. Um, I just think or have interacted with a lot of students that have gone through trauma in their life, whether abuse or broken homes or situations, no fault of their own. Mm-hmm. How important is it that they are connected with a team, but also with a coach? You know, I think I think that's really important because in a way it's another family and it's someone that there needs to be a trust level there. There needs to be that trust that you've got someone that you can go to, that you can go to for advice, that you can go to to vent, that you can go to just to know someone's there to care for you. And I think that's what's really cool about athletics is you see that a lot is as these kids work together, they develop that bond and relationship. I mean, I, I still have those same feelings for the guys I played sports with growing up. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of them I haven't seen for 25 years, but you see each other and it's like, Hey, we've got that bond. And I think, you know, with everything that kids go through now, especially through the pandemic, they need that relationship. They need to know that others are there that they can talk to, that they can go to. And, you know, one from the team perspective but as a coach too to be able to i i've had a lot of people that i've talked to were like no my coach was standoff he coached us and that was it and we couldn't talk to him about things i i wouldn't go to him with problems or anything i think a coach as a mentor needs to be able to be open needs to be able to be there to help more than just coaching the sport and if you'll allow me, I'm going to bring in one more church illustration analogy is I remember when you would have like a church service and there would be high school students either raise their hand, go up front, say a prayer, whatever the case might be. And there were a lot of adults in the background saying that is so good for the kids, so good for the young people, so good for the youth. But at times I wonder if adults, if we set the example more of being teachable, of being the first ones to raise their hand or say a prayer or help out or recognize that we do have blind spots and we need help, then it'd be easier for the younger generation to follow. Again, you mentioned it before, whether it's pride, selfishness, how do you, what do you think it will take to get that quote older generation to recognize that there's a lot to be learned even for us? Yeah. How many times do you ask for a volunteer to say the prayer and all of a sudden all the eyes are on the floor? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I think that's exactly what you said is a, is great because if if the youth are looking at something like that and all the adults are trying to avoid it and don't want to do it, well, why why would they do it? They're going to be the same thing. And it's just the leading by example. And if we can, as adults, show them the way they should be doing it, the, the you know what? I talked about my mindset questions earlier. One of the things that one of my mindset questions is how are you going to step out of your comfort zone today? And the reason for that is 
every time you step out of your comfort zone, your comfort zone expands. And so if you're finding ways to step out of your comfort zone every single day, your comfort zone is just getting bigger and bigger every day. Your confidence is growing. And so, you know, as adults, if even if something's outside our comfort zone, if we're willing to take the step out of there and we're always being watched by the youth, you know, when they see that, well, they're going to start being willing to do the same thing too. You know, if dad's doing that, why won't I, you know, if dad doesn't want to say the prayer, why would I say the prayer? And so it's the leading by example. So good, Jeff, we're going to get you out. Uh, Hopefully a couple of fun questions, kind of maybe putting you on the spot, but what is a book or two that you're reading right now that you've uh, been, that you found very valuable? Right now, I'm actually, I I just got Chip's book. I haven't started that one yet, but I just start, I'm partway through Winning by Tim Grover. Um, And so far, it's outstanding. I love Tim Grover's work, but it's, it's a really good book so far. So uh, for me, Relationship Grit was uh, excellent, and I actually cheated and grabbed that off Audible, listened at <laughs> 1.8 speed before I interviewed Catherine, <laughs> and uh, that worked out for myself. Um, if or when, maybe for you, when there's a feature film about your life, who plays you in that feature film? Oh, um Jason Derulo, just because my wife likes him so much. <laughs> so, so the second part, uh, second part to that question is who plays your wife in that feature film across from him? Oh, this is a dangerous question. <laughs> I know. Uh, maybe your wife won't watch, but uh, yeah, you can edit that out. Uh, we're Canadian. Let's stick with the Canadian Pamela Anderson. <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, Jeff, thanks so much for making the time. Uh, certainly a privilege for me. And uh, just meeting people and learning from others is just tremendous. And uh, thanks again for making the time from Arizona to talk to this Korean guy up here in Vermont. We wish you all the best. Hey, thanks for the opportunity. And again, Jeff Hagee, jeffhagee.com. You are listening to Jay Fuller Interviews on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, the Backfire Podcast with Jeff Fuller. Of Jay Fuller interviews on Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you can uh, find podcasts. There we are. Hey, so make the time to listen to someone's story. It will make your story much better as long as you unlearn what you thought was right to relearn what is right. We're in this together. Thanks, all. We'll talk to you again soon.